Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Tumpte. Hope day. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome into today's edition of the Sports Mix. I'm Nick Verzellini. Uh, Spencer is out today with a an appointment, so it's just Spencer, Colin, or no, Nick. Not Spencer, no. yeah. I'm not Spencer. <laughs> it's just uh, me, Colin, and Avery hanging out today. So, Avery, welcome back. By the way, how well, you been? Thanks for having me back. It's uh, it's been good. I kind of feeling bittersweet here, fellows, because it's my last week officially, and. Uh, it's one of my final appearances uh, as a, a regular on the show, you know. So and it's um, the last time we're on the show together because I won't be here in yeah. person on Friday. That's right. I'll be filling in for you on Friday. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, definitely bittersweet. I've really enjoyed my time here, of course, but uh, you know, just want to enjoy today and enjoy this week and talk some sports, man. Yeah, and uh, before we get into the show and kind of break down some things that are going on in sports. Uh, I want to remind you the show is brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our, our area since 1880. And uh, we had some Legion baseball action last night uh, with Berkeley Post 14. They're in the state tournament, and uh, unfortunately for them, coming up cl- or coming up short in that first-round game column last night in what was a competitive ball game. Uh, Found themselves down four nothing, made it four two, but couldn't complete that comeback last night. Yeah, they were able to uh, out hit uh, Parkersburg eight to four, but just too many errors it seems like there for Berkeley Post uh, fourteen going and giving up three errors. Granted, uh, Parkersburg Post fifteen gave up two, but we heard uh, before the game that it was going to be uh, the ace that came out here for Parkersburg and that's exactly what happened Manley going six and a third giving up seven hits those two runs five strikeouts and two walks and then Wolfter came in to close it out so now it's do or die time for Berkeley post 14 and we were really hoping for that not to be the case especially one day in from what we've seen this entire season from post 14 it seemed like uh out of all the years that this could have been the uh one which it still could be if they uh start winning but you never like to be on the brink of elimination one day into a double elimination tournament nick and avery yeah definitely not and i think when we looked at that matchup heading into yesterday you know we knew parkersburg had their ace on the mound who's been dominating just above a one ERA uh, heading into that matchup. But you figured it would be a matchup of offense versus defense, uh, or in this case, pitching versus offense. And while that was kind of the case, I mean, we thought Berkeley post-14, the way they've hit the baseball all season long, that the pitching wouldn't necessarily matter. But obviously it, it did play a big factor yesterday. And I think, too, I mean, we're in playoff time now, so... The pitching might be at the point where uh, it's really been ramped up to where it's at its highest level. So you might have to rely on your pitching a little bit more than maybe you did in the regular season. And Berkeley Post-14 has plenty of pitching, uh, just didn't have enough to get the win yesterday. I mean, four runs really isn't a bad day from the 
defense and the pitching giving up four runs, you can still very much win that game. Uh, just didn't quite get enough offense against a really dominant pitcher. So we'll see how they do throughout the rest of the tournament. I wouldn't count them out yet uh, based on what we've seen all uh, season. Yeah, Myers still had a pretty decent day yesterday going four and a third pitching-wise on the mound. Seven strikeouts, four walks, though. Only gave up two hits, but with that, it was uh, two runs, both of them being earned. Stevens came in, pitched one and a third, it looks like. He gave up a hit, struck out one, and walked one. Then Ruest came in in a third of an inning, and in that third of an inning, gave up a hit and the uh, two runs as well so all the runs were earned which meant those three errors never uh resulted in runs so i guess that's a positive but obviously the big negative is the fact that they lost and will now have to play at 1 p.m today against bridgeport who is another very good team coming into the uh tournament it looks like with a record of 23 11 and 2 yeah it's tough that that's a very tough matchup for the hornets and uh you know, it's a pretty quick turnaround, too, from playing yesterday against one opponent to, you know, fighting for your lives the very next day against a good team. It'll be a challenge. And, um, you know, defensively, as we've already kind of talked about, the the Hornets had some issues yesterday. The, the pitchers look pretty good for the most part on the mound, but they've really got to, um, you know, get their, their groove back defensively and cut down on some of those errors. Because, again, those are, you know, things that can really kill you in a baseball game if you commit errors in the field then that's you know not a good way to uh to keep yourself in the game and in an elimination game like today uh you really have to play perfect essentially you know you have to make every play you can't screw up in the field you know you can't cost your team easy opportunities so that's tough it, it'll be a certainly a, a very tough matchup for berkeley post 14 but we've seen them have a ton of really good games this year they've had a lot of of high moments this season so, um, you know, if, if the bats can come alive and if the pitchers can continue what they've been doing on the mound so far and if they can cut down on defensive errors, then uh, they should hopefully be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I think, too, uh, Bridgeport will definitely be a tough matchup. Uh, we've seen what they can do at, at the baseball level, at the high school level as well, uh, you know, being a pretty good team year in and year out. I was about to say state we just contention. saw their little league team win just, the uh, yeah, state championship. So, team. so uh, definitely will be a, a tough matchup for Berkeley, but Berkeley's proven to you know rise to the challenge before. So we'll see how they do, um, and it should be another competitive ball game. So looking forward to it. Hopefully, uh, Berkeley post fourteen can get that win. Yeah, and again, it's at one p.m. That's the uh, reason why we unfortunately couldn't have a. Uh, manager of the Hornets and Trip Tobin on because he's gearing up to play here in 45 minutes and if you go to morgantownpost2.com you can click on the uh, live stream of that game at 1 p.m. to uh, watch the Hornets in action. Yeah and it's pretty good coverage. Uh, Dave Wilson I know was doing the game yesterday. I would believe he would be doing it again so you know a guy that does. I actually think that's a separate stream oh, okay. though. So the Live stream video has no sound, I believe, and what uh, the play-by-play there for Dave Wilson, I think, is on Metro News. Okay, well, so if you want to go to that, two separate things open. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but like I said, you know, Dave does a good job. Have to play-by-play on a couple-second delay because of that. (laughs) So, 
I didn't know that. Yep. That's interesting. But uh, we'll take our first break here on the show. When we come back, we'll talk about the TBT. Uh, as we saw last night, Best Virginia gets the best of her that. And uh, we'll talk some WVU football news as well. Show brought to you, the segment of the show brought to you by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, they'll deliver it to you. And if you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're back after these messages. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Almost heaven, West Virginia. You know, I was going to propose, Colin, that if heard that one, we had like a thunderstruck theme song throughout the show but obviously best virginia on the board yeah well yeah i was thinking of maybe something we could do as a friendly bet yesterday but i didn't even propose anything on the show so but uh yeah heard that falling to best virginia yesterday and what was a pretty good ball game i think early on it was close then kind of the middle part of the first half i was like oh no here we go best virginia is really gonna pour it on heard that and then heard that had that little comeback there before halftime. I think it was a seven-point game at halftime, so it was a respectable score. And uh, kind of the same thing that happened in that second half. Best Virginia was able to pull away. Heard that comes back late there once we get into the Elam ending. But overall, I think Best Virginia never really had lost control of the game once they got on that first run. Um, and you didn't really worry too much about a heard that comeback. And it was an entertaining ball game, but... Uh, like we kind of expected from a talent position, Best Virginia was the better team, and they proved that yesterday. Yeah, it was a uh, weird game to me because we mentioned the fact that uh, heard that was going to be the ones that had to rely on the three-pointer. It seemed like the really run-and-gun style and the success that uh, Best Virginia needed was to hunker down on defense and be able to use the height advantage to dominate rebounding-wise. But it was heard that that dominated rebounds 45 to 38. Best Virginia shot 47% from three, getting 11 compared to heard that going seven of 33, shooting 21% from three point land. And defensively, the time that Best Virginia went cold and it seemed like heard that in the uh, end of that first half was possibly mounting a comeback to cut it to within seven at halftime was when they switched to that 2-3 zone that it seemed like Best Virginia had no answers for when they were almost up by 20 at one point in the first half. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably how heard that had to match up with Best Virginia because we talked about the size advantage, but there's also, you know, a good size advantage even at the guard positions, not necessarily always at the forwards. So when you have more length than the other team, you know, that definitely plays to your advantage and it played to best Virginia's advantage last night. I still think their defense was really good. Uh obviously, you know, shooting seven of thirty three from three. And early in the game you could really notice that it was just tough for her that to get consistent good looks. They were making some difficult shots, but they couldn't do that throughout the game. Um, so 
that was impressive. I think the ability to make the threes, though, really did kind of surprise mm-hmm. you, I think, a little bit, that they made so many consistently. Uh, but it was a good performance for Best Virginia. I mean, I think Heard That had its moments, had its opportunities early, but overall... I was about to say, John Elmore still had a double-double, getting 16 points and 11 assists, so... He played well like uh, we expected him to, but when Kevin Jones, John Flowers, as well as uh, Haley all get 17 points each, that's kind of unstoppable at any level when you got three guys all matching up with big numbers, and that's really what uh, gave Best Virginia the win, and I was going to kind of mock you a little bit. You know who Flowers is now, (laughs) Nick, as you said on the show yesterday when we uh, played his comments about Ott being retired for the uh, past five years and that heard that has nobody and that uh, it's going to be a good game, but Best Virginia was going to kill him. I still think those comments were completely TBT influenced, that they wanted him to go out there and say something ridiculous just because, it, like I said before, it always seems like... But he was able to back it up. No, I mean, he played well, like, obviously. Uh, I still don't know who he is in terms of what he did in college for him to even earn a spot on Best Virginia, but... I guess they were desperate for guys, and they're like, "Hey, John, we we played together in college, but you're you're kind of decent now. You want to come play for the guys?" And uh, or maybe Bob Huggins just didn't see anything in him, and and maybe he was better, and maybe he should have got more time on the court. So I don't know, but uh, you know, what was I going to say? Oh, I thought yeah, early on I thought maybe heard that had a chance because John comes out, he hits that deep three, and it was like, okay, here we go, but. That was the very first one. That was when it almost looked like it was going to be the shot clock expiring. You got the bad shot, and next thing you know, it was a offensive rebound for Heard that to kick it out to him. Yeah, and he made that deep one, and you know they came out with a little bit of intensity. But I loved the crowd that was there. I heard them uh, say that the attendance was a new record other than uh, Wichita, and I'm looking, and it was over 4,500 people there at the uh, Charleston uh, Coliseum and Convention Center is what it is now, right? They had to make it longer for some reason, even though it's always going to just be the Charleston Coliseum. Yeah, and and that was good to see. I mean, like I said, you know, I really wish that these teams could play uh, at the college ranks. I know some people don't think it's worth West Virginia's time, but just personally, I feel like it's I'd like it for basketball. I'm done with it for football. It wasn't a rivalry in football, but I mean, we don't. Marshall had a few opportunities anymore. in football to knock off West Virginia, and I think they could still play in football if they wanted to. You want to go on to uh, the other topic that we were kind of getting heated about with this uh, still though in um, the comments that were made afterwards by Ott Elmore. Yeah, sure, we can get into that. I mean, Ott pretty much said that uh, West Virginia fans should, I guess. The main the main gist of it is that Marshall recruits in state guys. You know, John Elmore, Odd Elmore, both from Charleston, to name just two of the guys on that roster. Ryan Taylor, I don't believe is, but Stevie Browning is from the state as well. Uh, and just in general, Marshall typically has more West Virginia products on their team. And I guess it's an interesting thing to bring that up because WVU doesn't really recruit the top kids in West Virginia typically. But, I mean, when you look at it too, I think as a Maryland fan, you know, I kind of compare it to this. If the top kid is 
in the country is from Baltimore, right? And he doesn't end up at Maryland, then it's a problem with your program. Same thing if in West Virginia, if you're saying the top kid is from Martinsburg in the country, or he's a top prospect, then he should end up at WVU, obviously. But if it's just an average kid that's like a 2-3 star, Marshall's the place where he's going to get playing time. So if he ends up at Marshall, that's good for him, and that's where he's going to have a chance to play. WVU is going to recruit the best players they can. That's how they're going to recruit. They're not just going to recruit you because you're from the state. I mean, there's been several players. I think of a guy like Jared West who played at Marshall. His dad played at WVU. I believe he hit the shot to beat Cincinnati in the NCAA tournament. I think you might be right. But, you know, he was a player that played at a Class A high school, won a state championship, ends up at Marshall, plays four years there, gets an extra year of eligibility, ends up transferring. WVU wants him four years down the line, but they didn't want him then. He ends up going to Louisville, has some success in the ACC. But coming out of high school, he wasn't ready to play in the Big 12 or to play for WVU. Could John Elmore have had success at WVU? Maybe a little bit. But he wouldn't have been the all-time leading scorer. So that's just how it is. I mean, again, like I said, I think if you're a top recruit and you're good enough to play for WVU, you end up at WVU. It doesn't matter what state you're from. Yeah, and the point that I was making last night is kind of the same thing. It's WVU is a big school, Marshall's a small school, and if WVU wants to have success being a big school, they have to go out of the state and go after guys that are four- or five-star recruits. And unfortunately for the state of West Virginia, they don't have that. The top guy is Corbin Page, who, granted, is going to WVU, but 247 Sports only has him as a three-star guy. So WVU, if they want to be successful, can't just go after three-star guys. They have to branch out, especially in the Big 12 going up against schools, even though they're moving, like Oklahoma and Texas, that will get those five-star guys. If you want to be competitive, you have to go out of the state and get those five-star guys. So I didn't fully agree with what Ott was saying last night on social media that these guys at WVU don't care about their fans that don't always follow the blue and gold when these Marshall guys are the guys in state that you went to high school with. Why aren't you supporting them? I I, I agree with both your points, uh, Nick and Colin, and I think that conference affiliation and your level of competition, who you're playing week in and week out is an important factor. You know, West Virginia is a Big 12 team. As of now, anyway, they're part of a Power 5 conference, and they're playing teams with players who have all been recruited from Texas and from Oklahoma and from recruiting hotbeds in the South and the Southwest. So you, you need to be able to recruit on the same level as those teams are recruiting. You know, you can't be recruiting guys that are only two stars and three stars from your state but you recruit them because it makes your fans happy because you're from the state. You know what I mean? Like you, you need to be able to recruit on the same level as your opponents, because if you're not, then you're behind the game. You know, like you have to stay recruitingly. You have to stay competitive with your your uh, your opponents because they will have a step up on you if you don't stay on that same level. So it's a conundrum, really, because there are some talented players in the state but there are three times as many talented players in Texas, you know. And you can say the same about a lot of those southern states 
where the Big 12 gets most of their recruiting base from. So it's it, it's tough, but you know ultimately I think at the end of the day it makes more competitive sense for WVU to recruit out of the state because the hotter recruiting talent is down there, you know, is, is in other areas of the country. And I think the argument that maybe Odd is trying to make is that Marshall does a better job of representing the state in terms of the local talents. But I don't know if the average fan of a school cares where a player is from as long as they're playing for their school. So while it may be a cool story to see, you know, a kid from Huntington have a great career at Marshall, I never really would care. And maybe I'm not from Huntington originally, but I'm just saying, like, if I was, I don't think I would care as long as Marshall's winning. Like, if the kid from Miami, Florida wins the starting quarterback job over a kid from Huntington and he's better and they win the national championship or they win, well, they're not going to win the national championship, but they win the conference championship. You know, I mean, that that's really all it's about. So as a fan, I don't think you necessarily care that much where the players are from because they're going to embrace that culture. They're going to embrace that school if they have success there. So um, I get what Odd is saying. I think maybe there should be some more support from Marshall from some fans that don't look at them at all. As, because, like we said, like people don't consider it a rivalry, but they also do like to bash Marshall as the younger brother. And it's, it, it is a good school in terms of they do get those kids' opportunities more maybe than WVU, but they don't always. I mean, they didn't offer Hudson Meta a full ride, to my knowledge. I don't think either did. No, so did. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's the best player in the state, football wise. Why didn't he get an offer from Marshall full ride? So I mean I don't know that for certain, but I don't think he did. I think he probably would have taken it. I think so, other than a preferred walk on and might have to get an update on how that is with the uh football season right around the corner now for uh West Virginia to see how Hudson's doing. Yeah. Definitely we'll try to maybe do that, but some other WVU news, unless anybody has anything else on this topic. I was just going to wrap up with uh, TBT, the regional championship tonight at 7 p.m. for Best Virginia facing the Bucket Nears, a ETSU alumni team on ESPN3 yet again. Again, that's at 7 p.m. If they win, they get to go to Dayton, be in the uh, final eight best teams, and they haven't made it that far, so hopefully they can do so. Yeah. We'll see. It should be. It's always fun to watch the TBT. Uh, you know, I know Jimmer's playing this year, so it's cool to see. Like yeah, the money team's looking really good. Yeah, those players that maybe you kind of forgot about, but were great college players, and it's kind of fun to do that. But a great college player at WVU, uh, his son has received an offer in Noel Devine. Uh, this is a former WVU running back, so. He was on some good teams in the late 2000s, part of Pat White, Steve Sladen-led squads. Uh, Colin, what's your thoughts on this? Made me feel old. I did not realize that uh, Noel Devine, a guy that I grew up and uh, had a jersey of and always loved watching uh, at running back for Not with his name on it, though, because that was before NIL deals. Correct. It just was a gold number seven that was on it, but... uh, yeah, his son Andre, who is a 
cornerback, I believe is what I saw on his uh, Twitter, his sophomore year. So it will be the class of 2024 already getting an offer from WVU playing in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. So it's pretty cool to see. And uh, hopefully, even though he's a defensive guy, he's still as electric as his uh, dad was. But being 24 years old, already seeing a guy that is the son of a uh, player that you grew up watching makes you feel older than you are. Yeah, you got to wonder too if this, um, if offering him, if offering his son right now as a sophomore is kind of a symbolic thing because he's the the son of a WVU legend, or if WVU because Hall they of really, Famer now. yeah, the Hall of Famer class of twenty twenty one last year, or if it's more of a, hey, we really like this kid, we think he's got a lot of potential down the road, and we're going to offer him early as a sophomore and see what happens. I, I think it. There's probably a little bit of both in there. You know, I think they they probably had him kind of up a little higher on their priority list because he is the son of a, you know, a, a Mountaineer Hall of Famer. Um, but again, I you know, if he's a sophomore and he's he's getting offers from major D1 programs, that's got to be a good sign. You know, maybe he might be a, an important part of the, the Mountaineers' future. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're able to get kind of those legendary players' sons, it's usually good for your program. Uh, wanted to looking at the comments real quick. Joe Fox makes up a good point about uh, Poca Dave McNally. Uh, or let me find the comment here. Yeah, uh, McNeely, excuse me, Isaac McNeely. He's from Poca. He went to UVA over WVU. So I thought that was a good point from our last topic that they missed out on a pretty big, you know, kid in in the state. Uh, in Mc and uh. He ends up going to UVA. So just wanted to bring that up as another kind of sense that both Marshall and WVU miss out on a big-name prospect there in the state. But uh, in terms of this signing or potential signing, I think it's probably a good move. I mean, I know Divine, too, doing some research. He's been big on uh, working with high school players. He's He runs like a training camp or okay. like a speed training thing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I'm, I'm sure his son's been involved with that and stuff, so we'll see how he works out. But that does it for this segment of the show. The show is brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated, 360 Hack Wilson Way, Martinsburg, West Virginia, or online at Orsini's.com. When we come back, we'll talk some commander's news. Training camp's getting started. They got a new fight song. Cam Hayward's got drama with Big Ben to talk about. So some football talk on the other side of this break. This is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM. AM 740 and TV 10. The new Commander's Fight Song sounds the same as the old one as we welcome you back to the sports mix. Nick Verzellini alongside me, Colin McLaughlin and Avery Newport today. Spencer out today. Uh... I guess, Colin, I'll let you talk about the fight song because personally, I don't care about a franchise's f- fight song. But 
If you do, well, I'll let you. Especially one fan, that you're not a fan of. It was something that we cherished. You always sang HTTR. I'll say the abbreviation since it's being changed now to HTTC, Hail to the Commanders. But when it's the same tune that they're coming out with and they're saying that they're going to allow it to be a fan vote that just came out yesterday, the new lyrics to this fight song where it goes Hail to the Commanders instead of Hail to the Redskins. I'll just say it one time just in case people forgot. But <laughs> I don't think anybody after that, it goes and it's the exact same other than Hail Victory and instead of Braves on the Warpath, it will either be fight for our commanders or leaders on a mission and it's the same tune that's going to be played at fedex field and i think it's absolutely ridiculous because if you're truly going to make a change of culture and want to try to be rid yourself of the past with the team name and everything I think the change needed to be more if you don't want people to sing the old words. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen when they play this fight song. That's a lot of work, though, Colin. You got to change words. So you got to find. We've had how many years now? Two, two and a half years? Yeah. To figure something out. Yeah, but if you notice anything about the commander's organization, Colin, it's that they just don't really it's seem to have been, it all together all the time you know it's all been fake so yeah I, I don't know i mean the ravens clearly have the better fight song do they out have of the one? two do they yes. have a fight song are you kidding you never sang the ravens fight i know song they had before? the steel drum band or something don't well, they, they or? got this yeah they have the band but the you've never heard the fight song maybe yet? if you like started singing it for me but uh, all right well give me a second i don't know if it's I not it's not in my head right now but it's like so anyway, it's, it's better than the. Iconic. It's better than HTTR. You don't know the words. I don't think so. I, I think HTTR was one of the more known fight songs in the NFL. Yeah, the but the band I, was I don't historic. Think it's been around. You got, them. You got Fly Eagles Fly. You got Fly yeah. Eagles Fly. Uh, I guess here we go Steelers, kind of a little That's bit. It's more of a song, chant. Though, yeah, it's a it's chant. more of a chant, I guess. But they had the song to go into playoff wise that they'd always change each year with the uh, certain players in it. Yeah, they do have the here we go. Yeah. Steelers. Well, that's not that's, that's not that, really that's a fight song, a chant, but it's though. like a theme song. Yeah, you're San not San really... Diego Superchargers. I mean Is that more of a chant or a song? That was a song. Yeah, yeah, it is yeah a song. They you're do right. have a song there. But they what is really... the Ravens fight song? I'm Avery. doing it right now. You're the Baltimore guy. I'm you're just a you're fan. a Baltimore guy too. I'm a fan of the team, but I can't remember any fight that song. That counts. Okay. Yeah, for Baltimore, for Maryland, we'll fight on to victory. You never heard that one? No. Can't say Come on, Nick. No. Wow. Do they play it after touchdowns? Yes. I don't think they do. Yeah, they do. They play it after touchdowns and field goals. I don't pay attention enough, I guess. Wow. Okay, fine. The point being is it's not that very I feel iconic, like these ben. words are horrible. I, I want an option C, Washington. A and B isn't doing it well, for Well, Colin, me. how about this? You write a new fight song for the commanders and you submit it to them. Well, if they're going with Hail to the Commanders already, I, I'm not a musically right, a talented so I got, guy, so I don't, I can't come you up knew with Donald Kenny. I've got a question. It's true. So they're keeping the Hail to the Commanders part yes. of it, right? Yep. So they're changing. So that. They're, so they're only changing what the the Braves on the Warpath part, and then the 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 last kind of section of it. Is that correct? That's all they're changing. So 
If you, uh, it's on. So social how are they going to fit so "Hail to the Commanders" in the same space that the former team name took place in? There are different syllables. It's a, it's a longer name. I mean, they had another note. It's still the same tune and everything. It's yeah, but it's going to sound disjointed. It'll be like it, it's not. It's obviously not they don't care. That's yeah, I agree with you, Colin. That's 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 stupid. They exactly. need to come up with a Thank new you. tune. That's yeah. Not, Even though not they right. didn't come out with a tune, everybody's singing it to the tune. So maybe there is a new tune. I mean, look, if you can change the name don't know about. and the fans are going to refer to the team as the new name, then they can they can adjust to having a different fight song. It's I think not, it all comes down to the fact that Washington knows as a franchise that a lot of the fans are upset about the name change in general. So they've tried to keep things still kind of the same while changing them to be more, I guess, politically correct. Because that's essentially why they changed the name. And, you know, in order to do that, they have kept the same color scheme, keep the same kind of fight song, and that will keep some of the older fans happy, I think, is the goal here. Because they get to still sing the old words? Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to do... They're still going to call them the Redskins at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, I think it's just fanning people, the flames, though. Like, Well, I I think most people aren't upset with the name change. I mean, let's address I mean, the elephant in the room. That are. They're upset with Dan Snyder. That's what they're I mean, upset yeah. with. They're upset with their organization I mean, at the being end of the a day, mess. That's the most important thing is that the team doesn't win and that they have a lot of other other issues. But there are those fans that wish they didn't change the name, wish they kept the logo, wish they kept things the same. So in order to maybe appease those people, they're going to keep some of those things the same. I think that's kind of the thing I'm I think going that's for a with that argument. Yeah. But, the remaining Washington fans that are still out there, you know, they probably don't want hey. to make him West Man. <laughs> there are some people out there. Yeah. But, Colin you know, the, the stadium is, Colin is not a one that I think really cares time. what the team name is. No, it's Washington. It's the local team. As long as they win, that's what I care about. And right now they haven't been. So uh, change that and get rid of Dan Snyder. All right. Well, let's move on. Do we want to go into training camp or some of those other? Yeah, it starts today. Right. Well, yeah, training camp has started. Uh, NFL season's here. There is some things to be excited. I guess we'll kind of just run through the three teams that we tend to cover, being Washington, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore, and maybe some storylines. So we'll stay with Washington. Uh, obviously, they have a new quarterback, and I think that's kind of been the big storyline heading into camp is – can Carson Wentz bring the stability to the QB position that Washington has lacked since Joe, Joe Theismann? Yeah, probably. <laughs> or maybe I mean, Mark have, Rippon for that They did one have year. one good year with Mark Rippon, but, I mean, Theismann was really the last good quarterback that they had year in and year out. Maybe even the only. I mean, besides, like, Sammy Ball and, like, guys, Sonny Jurgison. Maybe guys Doug Williams yeah. for, like, half of 1987. Yeah, but true. he only had, like, one year. I'm saying, like, year I was about to say out. one year, RG3, and then did. You could throw him in there. Well, so, Kirk Cousins had a couple. Yeah. He was never close. Didn't do anything <laughs> yeah. in the playoffs. Fair. But can Carson Wentz potentially have success this year? I mean, what do you guys think? I hope so. It sounds like so far here in the first day that – uh. He's already been throwing a couple deep balls to Terry McLaurin that has uh, been successful. It's just 
it depends on which Carson Wentz you get. Do you get the guy that uh, should have been an MVP before he got hurt there in uh, Philly? And I can't believe I'm actually saying those words that he should have been MVP because when he was an Eagle, I always messed with the uh, guys that I knew that were Eagles fans saying that he's not the one that led to the, the Super Bowl. Foles was. Why do you care about Wentz? But now he's Washington's quarterback, so I got to jump on his bandwagon because he needs to be the leader that the commanders need to get to uh, the playoffs, hopefully, and find success. And I don't think it's a long-term success through Carson Wentz. No, not at all. But I hope he's a longer bridge than what you've had with Heineke and other guys. Well, I think he's an obvious, maybe not obvious, but I think he is an upgrade over Heineke. Uh, yeah. And over Haskins, who they've had you know intermittently at quarterback over the last couple of years, he's definitely an upgrade over those two. In terms of whether he can right the ship and lead them to success, no, I don't think he can. Um, especially his last couple of years in Philly were uh, rough, to say the least. And last year with Indianapolis, he had some bright spots, but even in one of his better pro seasons, the Colts absolutely did not want him long-term and did as much as they could to dump him immediately after trading for him. So... Not a good sign. I know that's kind of a pessimistic outlook, but he's really not a solution for more than a year or two. Yeah, he's not and the type of quarterback that can lead he's to the Super albatross Bowl. He's got an albatross of a Washington wants to too, get to a Super Bowl, it's through the defense. Which was pretty bad last year. You know, one of the worst in the league in terms of yards and points. So, yeah, I don't know. It's not really looking all that bright, unfortunately. I think it's probably most likely that they'll finish around middle of the pack, you know, six to eight wins most likely. But, you know, that's all dependent on injuries and health and whatever else goes on. If Chase Young can get off the uh, pup list early, I feel more confident. But we'll see. How's uh, the Ravens? We'll change over to theirs. Lamar actually... We don't have a ton of time, but we can touch on it just Lamar there? Yeah, Lamar's at training camp. Uh, I guess Ravens news is some of the guys that are still recovering from injury, I think, is a big thing to discuss throughout this training camp and preseason. You know, will J.K.A. Dobbins be active week one? Will Gus Edwards be active week one? Right now it appears no because they've added Mike Davis to the team and they just signed uh, another running back. And I'm forgetting who they signed, but it was a veteran. Uh, that they picked up in Corey Clement. Yep, that's it. That's who they picked up. So they picked up him. They picked up Davis to add more to their backfield, which tells me that at least one of those two guys won't be ready week one, if not both of them. And can they stay healthy throughout a training camp in a preseason, which has always kind of seemed to be an issue with John Hardball coach teams. And I don't know if it's just because the Ravens are the team I follow the closest and it just seems like they get hit with so many injuries. But they've completely changed their practice schedule and stuff like that. So hopefully they are a healthy team. And roster-wise, at full strength, you got to look at the Ravens as a contender in the AFC. But we'll see, I guess, if they enter the season at full strength or not. Um, but... You know, you're excited, I think. And who's going to emerge as that wide receiver, too, behind Rashad Bateman, obviously, is a key storyline, I think. One more thing before we hit this break I wanted to point out is that uh, the Ravens still have not signed David Ojabo, their rookie linebacker, 
who's now holding yeah. out a training camp. He did not report. so The only player not there. Right, so that's something to keep an eye on because he has a lot of potential, obviously. He's a first-year guy, and you want to see him out there on the field. So they got to He is injured him. right now, so yeah. he wouldn't be able to practice That probably anyway. factors into contract talks. So It could, yeah. But we'll take a break here. Uh, this will be our final segment on the other side of this break. We'll have a lot to get to, so we'll kind of discuss, I guess, here in the break what we actually want to talk about. Uh, but this segment of the show brought to you by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com. Uh, we're probably going to talk baseball, I think. We're going to talk about the Orioles, the Nationals, and Trey Mancini on the other side of this break. So this is the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. We're back after this two-minute break. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio, WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. We welcome you back to today's edition of the Sports Mix. Nick, Colin, and Avery hanging out with you today as this final segment is brought to you by the Mirius Group and Ameripise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Is that read even on here, Colin? I don't see it. I don't know, but... Uh, but they're no, working at 1270 one. Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Yeah. So... Uh, Let's get into the topics. Avery, obviously, repping the Orioles hat today for a reason. The O's are above 500 again, and they're also no longer last in the AL East. So there's a lot of excitement there. Thank God for the Red Sox. And they've taken now two from uh, Tampa Bay, who's always been a tough team for Baltimore over the years. But the trade deadline is approaching. And even though the O's are above 500, still in the wild card race, it is still believed that they might be sellers here at the deadline. Quickly, uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I was hoping they weren't going to be buyers or sellers, but we were talking about this uh, before the show. Uh, Trey Mancini is the biggest rumor for the Orioles, uh, potentially being traded to the New York Mets, and he's going to be a free agent. You probably don't want to sign him to a big contract, so if you can get a couple prospects, it does make the most sense, but it's frustrating. I guess not really frustrating, but I think it's a questionable thing when the team's doing fine, and from that standpoint, you don't want to be either buyers or sellers. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to keep going what you have right now. Personally, I'd like them, I would like them to be buyers because they've yeah. got... The pieces right now, they've been one of the hottest teams in baseball over the last month or so. So I'd like to see them get some pieces and try and put together a playoff roster towards the end of this season. But they're probably not going to do that. They probably have some pieces that uh, are valuable trade ships for other teams. I kind of understand the Mancini rumors that he might be on his way out because I don't think the Orioles want a repeat of the Chris Davis situation that happened a couple years ago when he was a... Uh, you know, approaching free agency, and they gave him a huge contract, and Which look how that paying. turned out. Right. I mean, they're going to be paying him like uh, Bobby Bonilla, you know. The Mets are still paying him. So there's Not always quite. a risk. I yeah, it's still like 2028 or still, something. Still, but 2030-something. You, you, you really don't want to, to drag it out that long. And there's always a history of, you know, first basemen that are kind of approaching their, 
late 20s, early 30s, there tends to be a huge drop-off in quality once they hit that mark. That's what happened with Davis. It's all with Pulas. Yeah, and I, I don't think you want to have a situation. Hey, Mancini's not as good as those guys were at right. the time. But right. I'll say this. I think Trey Mancini, mainly because of his story, right, being a cancer survivor and how much he's meant to the city of Baltimore, this reminds me a lot of the Adam Jones situation when yeah, he was the only guy that didn't get traded pretty much that was worth anything to the Orioles in terms of quality players. So it's possible Mancini sticks around. I don't think he's going to demand the money that Chris Davis got uh, because he's not, you know, a 50 home run guy. He's a very good player, not a great player. Um, but if they were to trade him because they don't believe that they want to sign him long-term, I'm fine with that too. If they can get a good young prospect for the guy. Uh, I love Trey Mancini. Like I said, great story. I just don't know if he makes sense for the future. If anything the O's should do at the deadline here in terms of buying, I don't think they should buy necessarily just for this year. I think they should buy for the future. So somebody like Luis Castillo, who's under team control for the next couple of years, maybe that would make sense for your rotation because realistically they don't have the pitching to compete for a World Series this year. I don't care how many wins they go on in a row. And then 40 seconds left now, and it'd be a disjustice, and I think Spencer would get on us since we're a Nationals affiliate if we didn't mention that the Nationals are going for a sweep tonight against the Dodgers. Still the worst team in baseball. Do you guys well, think that they consider can get it the their sweep World yes Series. No? It's the Nationals World Series tonight, so I think they do. You know what? This is the only thing the we have to sweep? celebrate. You think sure, they sweep? Why not? I'm going with it. As Dodgers well. will win the pennant anyway. The, so, the Dodgers win the pennant. Let's wrap it up. How Good much show. time we got, Colin? 15. Ten seconds. All right. Well, good. We've made it on time. So for Colin, Avery, I'm Nick. Uh, t- tune in again tomorrow. I may or not be here. I don't know. <laughs>